Hi, I'm Joaquin Evans, co-senior leader of Bethel Austin. I pray that Jesus ministers to you through today's message and that you are blessed deeply. If you're encouraged, please like and subscribe so you can stay up to date with all of our weekly sermons. Enjoy the message. It is so good to be with you on Resurrection Sunday. It's amazing to be in a house of miracles in the month of miracles. We're in the house of miracles in the month of miracles. Come on, can anybody get excited about Jesus presencing himself in time and space? And he likes this time and he likes this space here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Woo! I just remember during the worship, you know, it's okay to be jealous of certain things. It's okay to be jealous uh, and be envious of spiritual things, of testimonies and of miracles because it brings an extension. And I've heard over the years about these roadrunner stories and these miracles to do with roadrunners. And as we were preparing for the Passover Seder, Kes and I and Sarah, we were in the car. We were going to H-E-B to get some apples and honey for the Passover Seder. And there we're driving along. And I've had this like secret longing. I've never seen a roadrunner before. And then poof, right in front of the car on the road was a roadrunner. And I'm like, thank you, Lord. You see, because we understand if we have the ability to discern the time and seasons that we're in, to discern the time and seasons that we're in leading up to this weekend. <laughs> Jesus! Leading up to this weekend, there's been a preparation in our hearts. Some call it Lent, and some have been taking and fasting from certain things to prepare their hearts for all that God has. And as we learn to, to take seriously and to recognize the weight and the glory of the cross, so when we come to that turning point and to that mark, we also need to learn on the other side of the cross, on the other side of resurrection, it opens up a season of feasting for us. And so if on the, first, on the front end, if there's a season of fasting, of preparing our hearts and understanding the weightiness of the sacrifice of Yeshua, Jesus, and what he did, then we enter into a season, and that is today. That is this resurrection day where there is a feast that's being laid in front of us. And in some, in some traditions of the church, they call Easter Sunday or resurrection day the great 50 days. And there's 50 days of feasting, and there's 50 days of celebration. <laughs> Hallelujah. And that's the time that we're in, and I want to declare that in this place today, on this Resurrection Sunday, that there's an acceleration of miracles. There's an acceleration of kingdom activity. There's an acceleration in time and in place. We believe it for Austin. We believe it for this house, and we believe it for the time and the season that we're in. And so when I saw that roadrunner go across, it was just that kiss from the Lord to say, yeah, you can be envious of those kind of miracle prophetic stories and grab a hold of it and get some of that. And I'm going to take that with me from Austin back to the Northeast where we have our assignment say, we want to walk into the accelerated time and the accelerated season of feasting as we celebrate resurrection life and power. I think in a day like this, it's good to start with the verse that I was probably going to end with. And, and then I'll just start with it and then we're safe, right? <laughs> Revelation chapter 1. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you, Yeshua. Then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me, and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to his feet, and girded above about his chest with a golden band. His head and hair were white like wool and white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. The, sh the sun shining in its strength. This is the glory 
of the risen Savior that's being revealed to John. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, but he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives. Come on, declare that with me. He lives. He lives. He lives. I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. He has taken the keys of death and hell there, and he lives, and he's shining now in his glory. Leading up to the cross in the season of Lent, as we prepare our hearts, we look at him as the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. But as he comes on the other side of the cross, we see him as the lion, as the conquering king, as the one who stands with fire in his eyes and a sword coming out of his mouth. The one who is worthy to be called King of kings and Lord of lords, who shines in resplendent beauty and power and glory, and his glory will shine across the whole earth. And this is the man that I'm in love with and this is the man that is, has the fixation of my heart this is the man that I desire to be near and to be like and in that moment John fell as dead just as when they came to the tomb they fell in fear but the angel said do not fear something has happened here that has conquered death and fear something on this resurrection day has conquered death and fear and we break off from the last season every vestige of death and fear and we enter into life evermore life evermore abundant life everlasting life the good life, the life that he has for us, close to him and close to his heart. Woo! Woo! I can get excited about Jesus. I'm an introvert, but when I open up the word of God, when I open up the word of God, when I worship, I break out of the shell of my normal personhood and there's a fire on the inside that makes me bold. Mingling at a party is not the most comfortable thing for me. But if Jesus is there, I can get excited. I can get stirred. Woo! Come on, can somebody just give an expression of praise this morning? It's Resurrection Day! It's Resurrection Day! Jesus! We love you, Lord. We're in the house of miracles in the month of miracles. The month in the Hebrew calendar of Nisan, miracles of miracles. And we thank you, Lord, for the increase that you're bringing in this season. I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. This verse is very intimate and personal to me. I was thinking, it's so amazing that we're having these baptisms, which is a picture of entering into the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus on Resurrection Day. But I can also imagine resurrections on Resurrection Day. This verse is very personal because when I was two years old, my parents were in Bible college in Upper State, New York, and they entered Bible college at a time, and there was a move of the Holy Spirit amongst the students. And it wasn't so much in the faculty, it was amongst the students. And the Holy Spirit was just sovereignly being poured out in that time. Often they would wake up in the middle of the night on different parts of the campus, and that they would, just without, just being led by the Lord, they would show up in the kitchen, and they would find other people who had been drawn there. And they begin to worship in that time. Their miracles broke out at the beginning of their walk with the Lord. In that time, people who never played an instrument would sit down and be able to play under the unction. Come on, does anybody want some of that? <laughs> and then it, when it would lift, when the glory would kind of lift off of them, then it was just noodling. 
And they, they saw an, a, just a radical faith in that time. And they began to go out to the streets in New York, in that area where they were at, and preach boldly. And they saw drug addicts getting set free. And they saw, they, 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 they saw people getting saved on the streets day after day. And in the midst of that season of miracles that they were in, I was two years old and was with my mom in the, in the laundromat on the campus of the Bible College and had, had an accident and I fell. I climbed up on the folding table and I fell and landed on my head on the concrete floor and split my head open. And my mom had to rush with me in her arms as I lay unconscious in her arms to find my dad, get him out of class and get the school nurse. But we were 45 minutes from the nearest hospital at that time. And in the car... As my dad sat in the back of the car, my mom was in the front, and the nurse was driving the car. My dad held me close to his heart there, and limp and unconscious, with this gash in my head. And he watched as the breathing stopped, as the muscle tone left my body, as I had no sign of life and began to change color. And he just, in faith, he sang an old scripture chorus that's this verse. I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive. You see, we have in us the same spirit dwells in us that raised Jesus from the dead. And although my body wasn't responding, he kept singing and he kept singing the word, he kept singing, and he didn't want my mom to be able to see, but in faith, he just cried out to the Lord, and he sang for 45 minutes, I am he that lives and was dead, and behold, I have new life forevermore, amen, and I have the keys of death and of hell, I am he that liveth. Back then, it was with the King James, liveth <laughs> and was dead. It's a little bit more dramatic. They got me to the emergency room, still without a pulse, without signs of life. Was left on a table there as they went to get a, a doctor to come in. And my parents were on the ground crying out to the Lord, weeping. God, have mercy. Give us our son back. I'm sure you can guess the end of the story because I <laughs> can't really build it up to... But the doctor came in the room. Now this is more than 45 minutes has passed by. And he looks over and he sees me. And my parents are still crying out to God. But at two years old, I'm sitting up on the table. With a big beaming smile on my face. The wound is still there. But I'm just smiling. And the Lord raised me up and gave me life again. I'm telling this story one, three things. One, I want to honor my dad. I want to honor my dad for being a pioneer of faith. I could spend a week telling you stories, amazing miracle faith stories. A pioneer of faith in the nations and all around the world. But he did not let go of me. And death was not the end result. He sang in faith until life came back into my body. I wanna honor him. Secondly, I wanna say that we, it's not enough to just look back to 2,000 years ago and only see it as ancient history, but that same power resides within God's people today to take us from death to life, from darkness to light, and it's working in our members. It's working in our bodies. He dwells within us, and that same spirit is within us, and let us believe for a newness of life in the springtime. Let us believe for resurrection power to be released. I could just imagine it, hearing the testimonies. We didn't only have baptisms, but the dead were raised on Resurrection Sunday. Wouldn't that just give glory to the ultimate sacrifice and the ultimate victory over death and of hell? <laughs> I know there's a bunch of people right here that are with me. <laughs> Come on. Do you believe? Do you believe? Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. 
I, and I, the third reason why I felt to share that story is I want to pray for a release of God's miracle power on children. I feel like God wants to release his miracle power in and through the children's life of this house. And Lord, I just want to pray a release of that. I, I give a testimony from last week just to encourage our faith. I was ministering in New York, actually. And, um, and I, at the end of the service, a, a single mom came up to me and she grabbed my arm and she said, Matthew, did you hear? I was like, no, no, what, what? Last time you were here for the impartation service, you prayed for my son, six or seven, who was having uh, developmental issues and was on the spectrum and had the inability to be able to express joy or to even smile. And she said, and you prayed for him that he would supernaturally be able to experience joy. And he, she said, and from that day, he has been smiling and he's been laughing. And when I told him... I just want to release faith for miracles for these, these kind of issues that we're seeing running rampant through the generation, that they will not hold back our children, learning development issues and, and issues to do with uh, uh, mental health and all on our children. God forbid that the purity and the innocence of children, that, it, that we're seeing these, this rise in issues in this time. Even suicide amongst children is. And I, when I read that article this week, I, there was something in my spirit that cried out said, No! Not on our watch. Not this generation. Not at this time. Push back the flood of darkness and release resurrection power and release life. And so, Father, I pray right now, if you have a child or you know of a child that's in need of deliverance and in need of, of the healing touch of the Lord, Father, we thank you for releasing miracles, Lord, on this Resurrection Sunday. We thank you, Lord, for, for releasing the, uh, the rewiring of the brain, Lord God, releasing, Lord, health and wholeness in a whole new way. Father, I pray that there will be a whole hallmark of what you're doing in Austin is children being healed and then being released as healers. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We love you, Yeshua. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. So this is this weekend we've been looking kind of at this convergence of time in the biblical calendar in place, what God is speaking, what he's doing here. It's such a privilege to be with you. It's such a joy to walk with you. I just, in worship, I look over Joaquin and Renee and the leadership team here, and I just, I am so amazed at what God is doing in this place. The atmosphere, I literally coming onto the property, I can't stop smiling. <laughs> Turn to someone and just praise the Lord through your face. <laughs> That's one of the words for praise in Hebrew is actually that it's the shining of our face. It's the lifting of our countenance. And the way we can praise God is by expressing his face on ours. You can, heal, you can release healing just by the look in your eye and the look in your face. You can shift the atmosphere. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And so we started on Friday night with Passover, remembering the death and the, and the crucifixion, and then last night we were looking at the burial and the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and now we're on this third day, we're looking at, on Resurrection Day, the Feast of First Fruits. And these three feasts that are linked together, and they're just, today they're just generally known as Passover, but it's three that are in Leviticus 23. You can look it up if you want to later, or Deuteronomy 16. And in those, in those they're a linked together progression. In it we see the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the promised Messiah. And I love this part in the observance of the biblical calendar, the Feast of First Fruits, because he is the pioneer. He's the forerunner. He's the one who goes ahead. He's the one who is the ultimate picture of all God's redemptive promises. They come to a fullness in him. And on the Feast of First Fruits, there's a foundation that's laid in the Old Testament that's this. That basically, that the firstborn and the first fruits of the harvest are holy and belong to God. 
They're consecrated. So the firstborn, the one who opens the womb, is holy to the Lord. The first fruits in a family, the first fruits of your fields, then you take of those first and you come and you present them before the Lord. You present that grain and you wave it to the Lord in faith for the harvest that's to come. And so we have this foundation of this idea of first fruits. The first fruits belong to the Lord. Even it says for the ancient Israelites that it's the first fruits of your stock. That of your animals, they belong to the Lord. They, they would give them and take them to the temple and sacrifice. And the firstborn of man and beast were sanctified and they were presented to the Lord. The first fruits of all the produce from the earth are presented to God in the temple. And this is setting up a picture in, their, in the rituals of their, of their yearly calendar and of their life and in their families and in the field, the fruit of the fields that's beginning to lay a groundwork till it has its ultimate fulfillment in who Jesus, Yeshua, is. In Matthew, it says, I'm gonna use Yeshua. Yeshua is just his Hebrew name. There's no more power in if you say Yeshua, Jesus, Isa, Jesus, but because we're talking about the historical context, and that's the name his mama would have called him. Yeah, come on. Yeshua, it's time to eat. Come in, wash your hands. Okay, so, so you're with me, right? It's okay, I have permission. So Yeshua is the firstborn of Mary. He's the first. We see that in Matthew chapter one. In Hebrews chapter one, Yeshua is the firstborn of God the Father. He's called the firstborn. He's the first. Yeshua, in Colossians chapter 1, is called the firstborn of every creature. Oh, I got, I've got to read Colossians. This is one of my favorite passages. Thank you, Lord. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love. It's hard to read this without preaching <laughs> on it, but in verse 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. This is what we're looking at on Friday night. He is the image of the invisible God and the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and on our earth that are visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. Jesus, you're everything. And he is before all things, and in him all things exist. And he is the head of the body, the church, which is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. The firstborn of the resurrection. That in all things, he might have preeminence. Superiority. Man, we're humble when it comes to our lives as servants of the Lord. But we are bold to boast in who Yeshua is. Preeminent. When we declare Jesus is Lord, we're declaring that he is in a category of his own. He's fully other. He's highly exalted over our lives. And we declare today on Resurrection Sunday, Yeshua Huadon, Jesus, you are Lord. You are preeminent. You are Lord over all. So he's the first. We said he's the firstborn of Mary. He's the firstborn of God the Father. Matthew 1, Hebrew 1, Colossians 1 of every creation, a creature or creation. In another translation, Revelation chapter 1. Yeshua is the firstborn from the dead. He's the one, the pioneer that broke the power of death and entered into everlasting life, life forevermore. Romans chapter 8, Yeshua is the firstborn of many brethren. That means as the pioneer and as the forerunner, as the first, he went in, but he made a way that we could follow after him and that many sons, many daughters will come into that living reality of the renewed life in God where sin no longer corrupts and death has, no longer has dominion. He's the firstborn of many 
brethren. It's the feast day of first fruits, and we recognize Jesus as the preeminent, the first in all of these. In 1 Corinthians 15, it says, Yeshua is the first fruits of the resurrected ones. Another way of saying the same thing. And in Colossians 1, we read, he is preeminent. Surpassing all others in superiority. When we say that he is preeminent, when we say he's in the first place, we're saying that he's first in supremacy, he's first in greatness, he's first in excellence, he's first in distinction, he's first in prominence, he's first in eminence, he's first as the peerless one above all of creation, he's transcendent above every other living thing, he's of the first importance, he's of the highest prestige, he's of the highest stature, he's of the highest fame, he's of the greatest renown, he is the greatest celebrity in a culture that is fixated on celebrities. There's one celebrity that has caught my eyes. It fills my eyes and my attention. He's the one that I want to follow. There's coming a day when we'll not be impressed by how many TikTok followers this celebrity has or not. But every eye will see and every eye will know and every knee will bow and they'll recognize that he is the greatest celebrity of all. The one worthy of our fascination, our fixation. I am addicted to him. <laughs> Woo! Father, just release contagious love for your greatness. Just release, Lord God, contagious contagious love today as we've had these baptism in water lord we pray that there would be a sloshing out of the reality of out of darkness into life of out of death into life out of darkness into light let your light just come and set us free break off wrong mindsets and thinking about you where we have limited you in our vision father i pray Woo! I pray right now, Lord God, for the expanding of our capacity to know you for who you really are. Break off limitation. Give us that largeness of heart. Ah. Give us that largeness of heart to be able to hold more of you inside of our lives as the treasure, of, as our obsession, as the one that our heart loves and longs for. Whoa, come on, just drink that in. Just receive it, another baptism. Come on, another baptism, another immersion in the knowledge of Jesus. In the knowledge of the resurrected one. We worship you. Come on, just release your worship to the Lord. Would you just release your worship to the Lord right now? We exalt you. Be enthroned on our praise. Be the fascination of our hearts. Come on, lift up your voices with me. We don't need a band behind us. We don't, need, we don't need pads on the keyboard. What we need is hearts overflowing in love for him. My heart and my flesh, they long for you. Guys, get this. When we're talking about the resurrected Jesus, he's not a disembodied spirit. That's old Greek philosophy. He is a man that is alive and he is gloriously spiritual and he is in bodily form. He walked in through the walls and he showed the holes in his hands to his disciples. Father, reveal your son in our midst today. On this resurrection day, reveal, 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 reveal. Reveal, pull back the veil, pull back the veil, pull back the veil. Oh, we want to know you more. We want to know you more. Jesus is not just an ethereal spirit. The son is a God-man. He's in heavenly places, seated at the right hand of the Father. 
But I want to declare to today, the resurrected Jesus really exists. He's not just a figment. He's a man. And he's God. And he's pouring out his spirit upon us. But one day, it won't just be through the spirit, but we will see him face to face. And as he is, so shall we be like him. Reveal. Release the spirit of revelation of who Jesus really is on this Resurrection Sunday. Father, I thank you for the feast that is coming, the table that you're laying for 50 days. So the Feast of Unleavened Bread, it starts accounting. It starts accounting. We call it the counting of the Omer in Hebrew. And you take a grain of wheat and you take it in for 50 days. That's where we get the word Pentecost. Or in Hebrew, we could say Shavuot, speaking of weeks, seven weeks, 49 days, and then a Sabbath. And from Passover to Pentecost, there is a season of Jubilee. There is a season of 50 days of revelation. it open in our hearts. Reveal the reality of who you are to us, oh God. Father, we thank you for the feast. We thank you for the stuff. We thank you for the beautiful things, Lord God. But Lord, most of all, we just need you. We just need you. You are the greatest prize. You are the greatest feast for us, Lord. Father, we thank you for the miracle of access. Father, we thank you that we can access a whole new dimension of your glory in this season. Lord, I just want to declare over Bethel Austin, 50 days of feasting, 50 days of acceleration, 50 days of the miracle of the fixation upon the one who is called Yeshua, salvation. If you're here today and you are saying, I hear this, I feel like there's a sword that's piercing my own heart. I feel that the word of the Lord, not my words, but the word of the Lord is coming with conviction. I, I don't really know him. But I want to know him. Today is your day. He draws near. Today is your day. Today is the day of salvation. What better day when we celebrated the resurrected one? The one who beat death and hell and has authority, took those keys and has authority over death and hell forever to bring you into everlasting relationship with him. Let the Lord pierce your heart. Look upon the one who was pierced so that your heart will be pierced to come to him and receive everlasting life. For 18 years, we lived in the Eastern Mediterranean in a culture that was primarily Greek Orthodox, a culture that to many of us would be foreign. The ways of worship are very different. The, the expressions of worship are very different. But I want to tell us that what God is doing in the earth is that he is redeeming and restoring his bride. And there is such a multifaceted expression of who he is that he has put into peoples, into nations, into expressions. And that we alone in our own stream don't have enough capacity. But when we're joined together as the bride of Messiah, that we can fully express. And that means that we need our brothers and sisters in other streams, in other regions, in other places to fully to be able to express the reality of who Jesus is. Yeah. 
I've often taken people into Orthodox churches and they're like, it creeps me out. There's smells in here and incense. And I'm like, oh, actually, the book of Revelation has incense in it. In our worship times for years and years, from 1996, we started lighting incense been saying that let our prayers and our worship rise before you like a sacrifice. Let there be a fragrance that gets on our clothes when we come into worship and we leave the house that we're carrying a fragrance of Jesus. It doesn't have to be physical incense, but carry the fragrance. Remember when ISIS was raising its hand against believers throughout the Middle East and Africa, in those places. You know, often as we, we recognize the persecution that was coming, the beheadings that were taking place for their faith, those weren't people of our own church stream. Primarily, that was Orthodox believers and Marianite believers who were saying, we will not bow our knee to Allah. We will not bow our knee. And they gave their life up to the death on, in, in Egypt. There was those images that rocked us a few years ago. Those are Orthodox believers at that time that said, we'll lay down our lives. And they took the sword to their neck for the sake of the Lamb of God. We can, we can learn from our brothers and sisters across the world. And today, what's happening as we come, we're not just bringing something from the Northeast of the United States, but I want to bring a gift to us from years of serving in the Middle East and serving in those countries to say on Resurrection Day there's a greater richness that God wants to reveal. You see, in that culture, when it comes around the time of Pascha, of, of Easter, everybody greets each other with these words, Christos Anesti. Alithos Anesti. Christ is risen. Truly he is risen, risen indeed is the cry and I would love it in our culture and we're in the midst of that place and we were, had our worship room and our prayer room and on Saturday night before resurrection day we would meet for hours worshiping Yeshua as the Lamb of God and saying Lord let there be a, a stream of renewal in the Orthodox church come to this church at this time and then we would go, we'd break up as a team and we'd go into the various Orthodox churches around in, in, in our mountain villages where we were located in that time, believing that we could come and add our light to the light that was there, that a renewal would take place. And I love the power of confession. I love the power of declaration that on a day like this, it could be on our lips every time we greet each other. Christ is risen. So, I'm going to say Christos Anesti, and you can respond Alithos Anesti. You want to try it? Just out of the box, right? Christos Anesti. Woo! Christos Anesti. When we have call and response, we create a space between us that's filled with holiness. At the faith declaration that comes out of our mouth, it's like the cherubim over the Ark of the Covenant as their wings are stretched out, stretched out to the tips of their wings touching each other, and there's a cry, holy, holy, that goes back and forth that we see in Isaiah 6 and in Revelation 5. And in these places, we create a space where the glory of the Lord begins to dwell in our midst, and we can do it in the new covenant through our confession of our mouth. It's not just reading a song on the screen it's the evidence of our life that there's words imprinted upon our hearts and we create holy space between us so where two or more are gathered together he's in the middle we bring Jesus to Austin we bring Jesus to 6th Street we bring Jesus to South Congress we bring Jesus to our neighborhoods to our schools to our communities and it just takes two to create a holy space in between where we can say something like Christ is risen and, the, and our friend responds in faith he's risen indeed truly he's risen Christ is risen, he's risen indeed. Christ is risen, he's risen indeed. Woo! Christ is risen, he's risen indeed. yay come on give a shout to Jesus It gets better than this, friends. And so we would spill out of our worship room after hours of being in the presence, so overflowed, drunk in the Holy Spirit, going to Orthodox churches. And on Saturday nights, they have what they call the, village, uh, the, uh, the vigil of Pascha, or Passover. You see, actually, 
other than English and German, pretty much every other language still calls it Passover or a variation like Pascha in the other languages. We've kind of divorced ourselves of the roots and the meaning in our language. It's okay, but just to know that there's a story that we're connected to that's beautiful, and he's a magnificent author, and he's writing that story. We're not alone. We're connected to it. Story of the people, to the revealing of the man, the Messiah, and ultimately to the glory covering the whole world. And so we'll go into this Orthodox ceremony, the, the vigil of Pascha, and what happens is at midnight, the service starts, and it starts in complete darkness. And then, after a time of singing hymns and reading psalms, everyone ushers out of the church building in the early hours of the morning, and they walk in a procession around the outside of the church building, and they have candles, and they light those candles, and then one of the Orthodox traditions, the priest will stand, and the doors of the church are closed, and they'll take a scepter, and it'll go, boom, 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 on the door. And then from Psalm 24, he'll declare, as the people are lighting their candles behind him, lift up your head, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors. Let the king of glory come in. Who is this king of glory? He's the Lord, strong and mighty. He's not the lamb anymore, nor not just the lamb anymore. He's the lion. He's the Lord, strong and mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and let the king of glory come in. And then they process in with the gates being open filling the church with the light from their candles. And they're marking the passing over from death to life, from darkness to light, from crucifixion to resurrection. Jesus. We began to believe that God would do things just by our presence, our team being there. We had stories, people just standing in that service for hours and hours, and then the Holy Spirit hitting them, and people around them just coming under the presence of the Lord. In the Orthodox Church, people didn't have a grid for that kind of thing. You see, they have a richness of unbroken confession, of unbroken confession of the truth from Scripture. We're relatively new in our stream, but they've been walking this faithfully, living their lives and laying down their lives for it. And then we have also in our stream a gift to bring to them of the newness of life and the revelation of grace and of faith alone and these things. And when we bring them together, glory can break out. I can remember that my friend Mario, a Cypriot, his aunt called him on that night at the main Orthodox Basilica in Limassol, who'd been going there for years, and she called him and she, and, and she said, Marios, when the priest declared, lift up your heads, O you gates, and the people came in. We all stopped as we came in, filled the church, and there was a holy silence. And she said, you don't understand what happened. Now, she was not a born-again believer, hadn't had a new birth experience at that time, had a faith, but not necessarily what we call living faith. She said, you wouldn't understand. He's like, oh, I understand. She said, we waited in holy silence, and then a wind came through the door, and blew across all the people, and all people began to weep and to cry at the presence of the Lord. You see, there was faith, and then it became living faith. We got to remove some of the distinctions and judgments that we have and say that there's a whole lot more that God is doing in the world, and he's making his bride beautiful, and he's making her ready and preparing her. And so then they will go home in the early hours of the morning. They'll come back for what they call the agape service. And they recognize that the greatest power of resurrection is, is the gift of love to the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes on him would not die, but have life forevermore. And they come into this service, what they call the agape, the love feast. And at the end of their psalms and their hymns, they line up in the courtyard of the church facing each other. It's, you could call it an orthodox fire tunnel. <laughs> they line up facing each other 
And they embrace each other and they say, from the resurrection, let us walk in love and forgiveness, not only with our own, but also with our enemies. That's the power of the new life. And my heart's desire in sharing with you some of these experiences and some of these stories that God would broaden our hearts with expectation for more. That after we've gone through the season of preparing, some of the things we've abstained for, I've been off of social media during Lent, during this time. Oh man, it's been delightful. <laughs> it's been glorious. The time of feast, uh, fasting, but now it's the time to not abstain, but to add. The time to feast, more revelation. We're hungry for you, God. We want to come to your banquet table. We want to be marked by love and to be baptized by love. Romans 8, verse 11 says, If the same Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead, it dwells in you. We declare today the power of love that defeats death and darkness because truly he is risen. Would you stand to your feet? I wonder if we could do something a little different. But if we could turn each two rows to face each other and just stretch out your hands. So like the first two rows and create a holy space. All right, hopefully this will work. If not, just make it work throughout. Just get to twos. Let's ask, let's ask the Lord for a fresh baptism in his love. It's the resurrection power of God that he would come and fill the space between us and make it holy. That we can declare one to another, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. We can make our confession, Christos Anesti, Alithos Anesti, Christ has risen, he's risen indeed. Fill the space with your love, fill the space with your glory. Dwell between the wings of the cherubim, dwell between the wings of your fiery ones even now, O oh God. We ask for the activity of heaven, we ask for the movement of angels to come and stir over us in this place. We ask for a fresh immersion in the love of God that we would leave this place with the fragrance of Jesus and the fragrance of life and light and of love upon us. Now, would you just speak out blessing one to the other according to these things that we're declaring. Oh. Come on. And into this atmosphere of love, we declare an acceleration of miracle working power. Into this atmosphere of love, we declare Miracles in our children and through our children in this next 50 days. We declare a feast of 50 days from Passover to Pentecost for a greater outpouring, for a greater empowering of the Holy Spirit. We declare the purposes of God in this time, the passion of the heart of God. We declare revelation of who Jesus is, revelation of his face. The real man, Christ Jesus. Come on, just release love, release glory, release fire. The fire of holy passion for him. Oh, Marcus. Marcus. Marcus today. Thank you for the love feast, oh God. For your banqueting table. If you're here today and you have never 
met Jesus as your own personal Lord and Savior, this is the opportunity. If you've not experienced who he really is, you don't really know him in your heart, but you desire to know him, would you just let it be made known to the person next to you? Or raise your hand, wave at me and say, I, I, I want to know Jesus more. I want to know him for real. I want to give my life to him. In this atmosphere of love, as the family of God, as we gather today, I want to be a part of this family. Is there anybody here that's, maybe you're here for the first time, maybe you're here for the 20th time, but you say, I want to know him. I want to give my life to him. I want to dedicate my life to him. Fire of God. Fire of God, come down. Fire of God, come down. Thank you, Lord, that there is no fear in love and that you are baptizing us fresh in love. You're breaking the power of fear and of death. Thank you, Lord, and you're releasing everlasting life. Hallelujah. The Lord bless you on this Resurrection Sunday. Could we just make a confession together to end and to say Christ has risen? You can respond, risen indeed. Can that be fun, a little bit out of the box, right? Okay, so I'm going to declare it, and then you respond with a mighty shout, risen indeed. He's risen indeed. Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Give him praise. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.